Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. Women Who Rock. This is Women Who Rock a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. Today, I am joined by Kate Vag. She fronts a Sydney rock band called Anonymi. Kate, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. On Women Who Rock. We are doing something very exciting today. A little bit later on in the podcast, we are going to hear your new single. Yes. And it's going to premiere on the podcast. You yeah. know, a world first for Women Who Rock. When I f- my first reaction to the single was that I was getting a 90s vibe, <laughs> but pretty dark. Yeah. The Is it fair to say the 90s, is that the, the decade that you lean on the most? Yeah, definitely. That's where I started listening to actual music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, that's where I was growing up, going through school and developing teen angst and all that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's a key influence for this project. Yeah. I also know that we played a show together when you were playing for a different project. Yes. In Eugene, the band. Yes. And, yeah, so I guess that you've been in a couple of different projects. Does it, is it a case where when a new project starts, you're taking the same kind of influences and thoughts into that? Or do you think that when you go to different projects, you have a new vision in mind and you kind of have a new idea to what you want to create? I think there's different elements with different people that you're playing with. The biggest thing with um, when I was in Eugene was that there were two songwriters. The other songwriter had a lot more of a, I don't know, like a wacky approach. Um, (laughs) So there was a lot more kind of, unusual things and uh, gimmicks like we would do at live shows. We'd, you know, hand out a bunch of really shitty tambourines to the audience and have them kind of play along. And it was more kind of experimental, that sounds I think. A, sounds like kind of avant-garde. Yeah. Getting the audience That's how to play. I like to refer to them. <laughs> but, you know, like, it, it ended up being that I wrote songs and brought songs to Eugene that were distinctly mine and admittedly one of them at least one of them I'm I'm playing now in Anonymi just as a as a three piece instead of with a lead guitar so slightly adapted but fundamentally the same songs so I think my songwriting personally is is pretty constant there's you know stuff that I was writing how old am I um (laughs) stuff that I was (laughs) writing when I was like 15 um I was in this band called Nymphonic Um, (laughs) and I listened to the the songs that we created in Nymphonic and it's it's largely the same as the way that I write now so I don't know maybe I've I'm just stuck in my ways and so it's the same kind of influences that you're taking into all the different projects yeah even though the environment might be different yeah and so is it difficult to transition between where you have I guess it's it was originally in the the previous band was much more collaborative with the songwriting, and now in Anonymi, would you say that you're kind of the more key songwriter? Yeah, 
go, it's a, it's a good challenge to actually play on other people's music because I get to be a bit of a, not a control freak, but very much like a band leader. So writing and, and I have an idea of how everything should sound and I, I let people know and yeah, okay, maybe that's a dictator. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a good challenge to be able to approach the guitar differently playing on someone else's music because they're doing the singing, they're sort of leading the song and you can practice like weird... Well, it was never really lead guitar <laughs> with Eugene. It was just sort of odd little counter melodies and stuff that you can't do with just the one. Mm. And maybe, you know, a, writing over a different kind of chord structure or a different sort of song structure, you get different elements coming out. But um, Was it a conscious decision to go to a... Because Anonymise is a three-piece, right? Currently, yes. And yeah. I think I've decided that that is... The go ahead. Okay. Whereas when we formed, it was sort of all in, everyone in, anyone in. Okay. <laughs> Which was bring all the a bit bloody chaotic, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now going ahead as a, a three piece. You're saying conscious decision, sorry. Mm. Or about because I mean in Eugene the band you had kind of a specifically guitarist. Mm. Now it's kind of like the Nirvana setup where you have mm. guitar, <laughs> bass. And drums. So was that something that was you were really planning to do or just kind of that's how it fell, how the chips fell? <laughs> yeah, just kind of just kind of how it happened. I think I've only briefly entertained the idea of having having another guitarist. Once it once I realised I could fill out the sound as a three piece and I got more confident with developing or adjusting my guitar style to to fill in that sonic gap, and it's like, there's not really any point at the mm. moment. Okay. We did have keys, um, keyboards. Oh, really? Uh, for... In Anonymous? Yeah, probably yeah, right. Probably like every second show through 2017. It was, yeah, that sort of hop in, hop out kind of mentality, though, which okay. <laughs> which gets a bit tiresome. Um, hard, for, <laughs> hard for continuity. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah. And then we kind of just went back to the... The three pieces again, but with with keys in there, um, a lot of people said, "Oh, it just sounded that, you know, when you've got the keyboards, it just sounds more eighties or more like." Uh, <laughs> and then when there's no keys, it's more nineties sounding. So. It's hard to get less nineties <laughs> than guitar, bass, and drums. <laughs> yeah, that's the quintessential. <laughs> yeah, the quintessential lineup. I mean, and that's how, like, I think the first sort of bands that I got into. I remember sitting in the bathtub as a kid. <laughs> listening to Smells Like Teen Spirit, which I thought was actually, oh, mummy, want me taters? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought the chorus was. So I was singing it's... that when I was about, you know, like seven or so. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then moving on to like playing guitar or learning guitar. And, you know, I had the, I got the Ixnay and the Hombre, the Offspring chord book, and my friend had Nirvana Nevermind, and then we swapped. And Oh, nice. So it was just... You really, <laughs> it was that 90s environment. Yeah. I am interested. 
I'd like mm. to talk about things that happen on the northern side of the beach, of the bridge. <laughs> because I don't get there very often, but I went to, I think it was the start of this year, mm-hmm. the Time and Tide ah, Hotel. Time-o. And to see Keystone. Right, yeah. And you were there. I was probably there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the kind of thing you'll do on a Friday yeah. night. Yeah. So I guess it's very easy in Sydney to be kind of insular in where you see... <laughs> Not just the peninsula. <laughs> Insular, yeah. Peninsula. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's a new town and, and more where a lot of the shows happen in the kind of inner west region. Yep. And there's awesome venues there. But Sydney is such a large expanse geographically and there are things that happen around. I've only really been to that one gig in the Northern Beaches. Yeah. But could you tell me a little bit more about the kind of things that happen on that those side of the tracks? Um. <laughs> So, yeah, the Timo's been doing Timo. Hang on. Um, <laughs> the, the Timo's been doing. I'm trying to say the Time O. <laughs> but I'm putting time. all my country accent on it. <laughs> so, the Timo um, has been solidly doing Friday nights for quite a while. They started off doing a, a, a band comp that my old band was in. God, that must have been like three years ago. And so I think they've been pretty solidly putting on performances since then, which is good. Mm. It's a mainstay people know to turn up and go and watch someone, which is kind of good because there's not a lot else going on. So that's that's the that's the go-to, whereas I think maybe a sport for choice in the inner west. Yeah. I found uh, that, so when I went there, I drove and as I pulled into the car park... You thought you were going to get mugged. I thought... <sighs> That's not actually what I was going to say. But <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty ghetto. <laughs> um, well, there was the thing is that it was kind of like there was no one around. Yeah. And I thought, is there going to be like no one at this gig? Yeah. And I went in and there was like 60, 80 people yeah. in the band room already. Yep. It was like 8 o'clock. Yeah. So it seems as though it's more like instead of the mentality in the inner west yep. where you check you know, I, I like this band, so I'm going to go to the Record Crate yeah. or I'm going to go to the Mosh Pit or whatever. It's yeah. more like it's Friday, so that's I'm going to the Time and Tide Hotel. Yeah. And then whoever is on, that's who I'm going to see. That's it. And once you've, you know, once you've walked up there, you're kind of committed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, it's probably only like a 10-minute walk from the, the main bus stop, but you just you're just not going to bother really going anywhere else after you've landed there. It's kind of like a country RSL for those of you who haven't been up there. It's it's like it's out of an it's out of another world, hey. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> are there other venues around that area? Kind of. Kind of. Um so in Collaroy there's a place called the Beach Club, which is overlooking Collaroy Beach, which is an, an amazing spot. They have a band room. Um I've never played there. I probably should. Monavale Pub, very briefly. We did one show up there. They very briefly tried to run sort of local, unknown-ish bands. <laughs> but that only lasted a couple of months. They've now rebranded as the Park House or something like that, and they've started doing bands in the courtyard. Um, lots of really kind of hip. Um, there's that sort of garage, garage surf rock kind of stuff that's going around. and Okay. That sort of audience will go up and watch there. Um, and then in Manly, there's Moonshine Bar, which is 
pretty sweet, great sound. Is that Stain Hotel or is that a different? At Stain, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it's upstairs there, so they've got the dedicated um, music area there with its own bar. It's really nice, overlooking the beach again, you know, bloody spoil. Yeah, such <laughs> a nice area. Because, um, um, yeah, I think so that's... A few, yeah, there are a few options, but they're kind of spread out. Like, so once you get to one, you're not going to do like you do in King Street in Newtown. Yeah, right. You're not going to go, like, okay, bands are finished at Hideaway, I'm going to pump on down to the townie. You, you know, maybe it, that's one of the fundamental differences. Mm. The fact that they're not kind of sort of grouped together. Yeah. Once, as you said before, like once you go to the place, that's like the place. Yeah. That you're going to. Whereas I guess, yeah, you are spoiled. The Botany View Hotel and the Mosh Pit. Yeah. Are just like <laughs> 20 meters from each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of little people that have tried to put on other venues. I'm not sure there was one in Brookvale called the Music Lounge, which was. More of a dedicated, um, like, rent a space and bring your own pizza and beer in. And oh, right. oh, actually, we're playing a show in DY at a little bookstore as well. That's a cool little happening. Oh. That's that's a new kind of thing. What's that called? Um, Halls, Halls Bookstore is what I'm calling it, but okay. I think it's also called Halfback Books. Um, but, yeah, we're playing there next month with... Nunchucker Superfly, which will be <laughs> kind of scary because it's like it's it's a bookstore. It's a little. I don't know if you've ever been to like Beat Disc out in Parramatta. I actually haven't been to. Beat oh, Disc. okay. Um, More like bla- you mean like Blackwire? So it's it's smaller than Blackwire. Smaller than Blackwire. Yeah, right. Yeah, like it's it's a shop. I've never really heard of a gig in a bookshop. Yeah, I've been to plenty in record stores, but. That's well, they, they've started selling records as well, and I okay. rocked in there one time, and they had, like, guitars for sale. I think the owners oh, are just, right. like, Very mad eclectic. music nerds, and, <laughs> and they just wanted to put on anything weird and interesting, so they were trying to put on, like, punk gigs, but I also went in there and watched, like, this Chinese string ensemble, and these okay. chicks were shredding. Oh, it's like these Chinese guitars, and they're just going... <laughs> Whoa! It's like five of them; and they're all shredding together. This is in a bookshop. In a bookshop. <laughs> wow! So there's all this random stuff happening, as well as maybe there's more happening in the north than I had originally. Yeah, imagined. do you know what? I'm, it's weird because I'm forgetting about that. That's actually on my street, <laughs> and okay. I'm like, oh, I completely forgot about that as a venue. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, there's definitely music people around up there. I'm, I've. Everyone I know in the music scene now has been since I moved to the Northern Beaches four years ago. Mm. So we're out there. <laughs> we're up there. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, the Northern Beaches, a place to check out. <laughs> the place to be. <laughs> the, <laughs> we are going to do something really cool now. Yes. So as I said, as promised about seven minutes ago, <laughs> for the first time we're going to premiere a track oh on the podcast. You have a, sig- a single coming out on the, I think it's the 7th of September. Yeah, released digitally on the 7th, Spotify so, and whatnot. So that will be a couple of weeks after this podcast Correct. is out. Um, the single is called Fight. Yes. What Before we have a listen, what can you tell us about this? Which Is, is the first single for Anonymous? It's the first. Um, right. Yeah, I've been sitting on these songs kind of for a while and... Oh, okay. Finally time to Here's the first one. To let them out. Release to the world. Face all judgment and 
rash and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. Just unleashing your creativity is so kind of nerve-wracking somehow. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do it. Oh, my God. Here it is, the first single from Ananamaya. This is Fight.
was a world first premiere of the first single from Anonymi called Fight. That one is going to be released on the 7th of September. You mentioned previously that you have a kind of, it's been a while in the process and you have a batch of songs that you've been recording. Is this first single going to be from an EP that will be coming out? Yes. Towards this year or next year? Um, I'm... Aiming for the end of November, start of December. Okay. Even though particular people I've spoken to with particular know-how say, no, that's the worst time to release. Don't do it. No, I uh, don't care. I just, at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a first EP, so I'm pretty keen to, to get it out. Um, There's so many things you could worry about. Yeah. Potentially, if you're worried yeah. about every possible thing of the release. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just going to be sitting on it for another year if I don't do yeah. it now. So yeah. it's like, yeah, all right. Just we've been playing these songs. Um, so the five tracks that we've recorded for the EP have been... The youngest one I wrote in February or March 2017. Okay. So, so like, as written written songs, they're, they're getting a bit old. Mm. They're still current. They're still relevant in my mind and I still experience them when I perform them. Um, but, you know, it's like, oh, okay, we've got to let them out because I can't park them until they've been released and, and kind of had their time mm. with other people being able to listen to them. So you're going to get it I out. And I can finally write new things. Yeah. <laughs> get it out into the world. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be this single in September and then the EP. So just one yep. single in the EP. Okay, cool. Yeah. And... I would like to talk... So you mentioned previously yes. that you were playing in bands in the 90s as well. Um, when end, you were, end of the 90s. End of the yeah. 90s when you were a teenager. And I was a wee one, yeah. And you've been gigging in Sydney, particularly over the last four years. Yep. I'm interested yes. in seeing your insight or perception of how over that time frame being a woman playing in a rock band and you mentioned before that the um and like an all-female rock band yeah over the last almost 20 years have you seen a shift in perception of i guess acceptance of that being a norm now it doesn't matter what gender you are if you want to play Mm. awesome loud rock music (laughs) um i think given that given that when i was young and playing we were playing out in Central West New South Wales, which has a very <laughs> particular taste in music mm. in that most of the time, you know, play Kaysan. <sighs> um We were told by this old mate, you know, you've, you've got to play country rock if you want to survive out here, that sort of stuff. So it's sort of a different, different audience anyway. Mm. Um, so some of the challenges that we faced back then, I feel like we wouldn't face so much in Sydney, especially performing around Newtown. I'm learning more and more every day about <laughs> gender politics, <laughs> I guess, sure. um, in, a, in a positive way, in that issues that other women have faced or non-binary people have faced in just being allowed to do anything or allowed to take up space and of course you you kind of live it but you don't completely acknowledge the challenges until someone says hey this shouldn't kind of be like this like 
when I was 14, 15, I remember having someone who would have been probably in their 20s, like a grown man, yelling out, chicks with dicks, mm. while we are on stage. Um, oh, I know it was chicks with guitars, nah, chicks with dicks. <laughs> Just, but then again, I don't, I don't know, like he, he didn't seem super bright, but... But think about that, like from a an adult speaking to a child, effectively. Yeah, that's a bit fucking rough. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse French. Um, so I know that there were challenges back then, but I wouldn't say in my imaginal imagining hypothetical um, performance going back out there. I kind of reckon those challenges would still be there. It's mm. like Sydney is quite accepting. <laughs> yeah, so maybe... That said, though, I think the challenges I've found here have been more like around going... Sometimes going into music shops, you get a weird line of questioning, like, so is this a gift or, or <laughs> you know, or do you... You know, do you need any help? Like, why are you here? Kind of. You mean like? I, I get that a lot less now because I think I walk in with with more confidence. But I know that like, there's this kind of condescending tone that I feel maybe gendered when you do. <laughs> when you mean walk into a music shop and start looking at guitars, okay, you yeah. know. Right. I've had the odd kind of dick um, <laughs> recently. Um, say the past few years, someone who loaned me an amp, um, you know, shared backline, quick changeover, 15 minute changeover to show. Oh, hey buddy, I just need a clean channel. Um, I'm, I'm going to use my pedals. I just need a clean channel off the amp. Can you help me out? It's like, uh, do you even know how to use that? <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I'm like, well, no, I don't know how to use it because it's your app. Can you just give me a clean channel? Well, no, here's what you need to do here. And, you know, just freaking, for lack of a better term, mansplaining, oh, this is a switch here and just trying to, like, puff himself up. Um, so that's a thing in Sydney that you've experienced. Um, that's a thing that I've experienced in the last four years in, in Sydney. Mm -hmm. But um, on further reports, other people think he's a dick anyway. Okay. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know, there's shit people everywhere, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's I guess it's difficult maybe to completely compare because when you were playing when you were like a teenager, basically, it yeah. was in a rural area. Yeah, and yeah. I suspect that. It's I'm a also different, from... It's a different world, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? We're both from rural areas, so... <laughs> um, okay, well, that's an interesting insight. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's a very vague vague insight. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not going to deny that there are challenges out there, but... Mm. Um, well, speaking of women playing rock music, you're playing yes. a warehouse party soon. Oh uh, yeah, that's so uh, indie. Girls are loud. That's so super indie. That's like the the hippest thing I've been built on yet. Okay, I'm kind of nervous because I don't like want to be like that. You know, thirty something year old. <laughs> Hello, uh, fellow young people. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about it? What is Girls um, Are Loud? So yeah, it's pretty rad. My old um my old housemate um hooked me up, his girlfriend's running this show and um they these peeps are kinda of connected in with these 
heap little underground warehouses in, oh, I'm not meant to say, in the inner west. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty um, hip if you can't Oh, yeah, say. yeah, it's Damn. so indie. <laughs> yeah, and they just want to put shows on and have something good running and it is meant to also be a fundraiser for the Girls' Refuge. I forget what the official name of the place is, which is pretty cool. So if we happen to... <laughs> Make a decent amount of coin on that. That'd be good to throw it towards them. I don't completely understand the economics of a warehouse party. It's just like you pay on the door to get in, and then it's all. Yeah, I think they've, still got, really they've got to rent. To they've got to rent the space. It's kind of like any venue where you've got to rent, like a base charge, and then you've got to, I don't know, either pay a soundie or pay their soundie if there is someone mm. in house and lighting and. I don't know. I. I'm assuming it's very similar to the way a venue runs in that they have costs that they need to be covered. Um, maybe even pay the bands, you know. Cool. Like, <laughs> well, hopefully that happens. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a super cool lineup because there's um, – uh, what is, is it? Sook? Uh, do you know what? Um, Sook actually had to bail, unfortunately, oh, wow. um, okay. but Whispering Jackie are coming in. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're rad. They're like the nicest band in Sydney. Um, <laughs> seriously, they're yeah, the nicest people ever. I had Sarah on the, the podcast as Yeah, well. she's, she's a legend. Yeah. Um, and Nodos, which is Marnie, who was in Hannah Band. Oh, really? Um, yeah, she's, she's singing and she has, getting a scream on and I stuff. I did not know that. Yeah, and jumping around and being all cool. Um, <laughs> and Legal Aliens, who have been doing great things lately, or... Right, girlesque. Okay. Um, who did I leave out? I need to look. Oh, and leave. exposure. Who are like kind of almost not death rock sounding, but like real kind of gothy. So that kind of breaks it up, but it's still quite mm. kind of punk rock in the elements. So be a good. Um, that's good really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on the fifteenth of September. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> other gigs coming up in September as well. Um, the other one we've got booked for September is the ninth, which is a Sunday Arvo. At that bookstore in DY with Nunchoka. Oh, great. So the seventh single, ninth Mm -hmm. bookshop. Yep. Fifteenth, this rad, underground, very hip warehouse party. Totally hip. (laughs) Are you allowed (laughs) to know where it is or that's... Um, I know, but I... (laughs) Eventually people have to know. Yeah, no, they're releasing it on the day, so... Oh, wow. Yeah. That is badass. I, I don't know. I've only ever been to one other gig that's done that whole oh we'll tell you the location on the day and I felt mm. really naughty because I was like, just rolling up and it's through some like little back fence and you feel like you, you're not trespassing no but you just feel naughty like I feel like I'm too much of a goody goody for that sort of gig <laughs> I felt like that when I first <laughs> went to the Young Henry's brewery have you been to the brewery in no Anmore? you kind of you used to have to go in I don't think I've been to that one. But there's there's quite a few over on the beaches where they're just like weird little industri- industrial yeah. things and you're kind of going through a car park and... Yeah, it's like you... There's no signs or anything mm. and you just kind of have to walk. The entrance used to be you like walk down a little... You're like in where the forklift is and you just walk down a little yeah. aisle and there's like pallets of barley and wheat or whatever <laughs> and you just... You walk through it yeah that's how you get in yeah <laughs> and then there's this little bar almost like a speakeasy like this music playing and yeah it's cool anyway that sounds like a good warehouse party <laughs> the 
It is time for the segment called Tell Me a Thing, where I give you a list of seven topics and you tell me something that I don't know. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, Patti Smith, punk rock, politics, death, and poetry. So, Kate, can you tell me a thing? When I was about I don't know, 12, 13, I, I learned to code... I learned to code websites from my mum. So I learned HTML and I made my own little homepages. Oh, cool. And um, then I started listening to lots of like mediocre punk rock, like, you know, mainstream, The Offspring, Green mm. Day, like, but that was pretty cool for someone that age. And um, I heard of this concept called anarchy, <laughs> which I didn't really get, but I just thought it was affiliated with punk rock. And um, so I drew a little, a comic and it was like an animated gif that I had on my website and I had a little series of him and he was called Fred DePunk and he wore an anarchy cape as a, like flag, and you- <laughs> anarchy flag cape and he pumped around on a skateboard and that was my... And that was your website? That was my own website. <laughs> Is that still a thing? It's um, probably not still a thing. I think you can Google Fred Da Punk D A. Um, up until uh, like even the last two years, I think everything was still there, like archived versions of. I don't know what the host was back then, like Angel Fire or or something. One of those. Did you ever? Am I like I d- way too old? No, um, <laughs> I'm I, not sure if I'm getting there. I didn't make a website when I was in high school. This is pre MySpace. <laughs> yeah, I made. I remember we you would have been MySpace age. I think I, I actually never. I didn't do MySpace. I actually, to be honest, when I first came to uni when I was 18, yeah. I was almost computer illiterate. Mm. I just didn't really do. You're that. really from the country. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm <laughs> from the country. Not even kidding. <laughs> Um, so I didn't, I do that, but I, for first year uni, we had to do, we made a website for, oh, right. uh, like an assignment or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that still exists. Mm. Maybe. It mm. wasn't very good. It certainly wasn't anarchy based. So. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty bloody cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> a 12 year old making an anarchy based <laughs> website. And then come the time I was, I don't know, 14 or so, I was getting, um, getting these anarchy magazines mailed out to me from Jura Books. Oh, Jura Books. <laughs> yeah. the, oh, they were nice. mailing me bundles and I was trying to hand out anarchy magazines. See, I don't know. Is this going to get me arrested? Um, no, I was handing, handing out these little <laughs> magazines called Activate to all the people in my school who were complete bloody rednecks and had no idea. That's a bit and they're far like, left wing. But, well, not even. What's this shit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Cool. Yeah, there you go. You had an that's, 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 that's as close teens. as I can get to this I like, list. Of that's the first time that someone has combined topics. Punk rock politics. Yeah, nice. Because on the list, they're actually like just after each other. So. On this list? I've had about seven because I keep forgetting to oh, bring right. the bracket. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but there we go. You've combined it. <laughs> yes. Cool. Kate, thank you so much for coming thank on you. to Women Who Rock and having a chat with me today. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of Do As We Are 107.3.